Hey, this is Sydney Christ, and I help pastor We Are One based out of Gateway Assembly. I just want to welcome you to this special darling edition of our podcast. My hope and my prayer is that this will bless and encourage your life as you listen. So grab a cup of tea and let's get in the word. I'm actually not the one sharing today. We have our special guest, our pastor's wife, Miss Tammy, is going to be sharing today, and it's always an honor um, for her to join us with you girls because she has years and years beyond my wisdom, and she loves you girls, so um, I know that anything that she shares today is going to be gold, so make sure that you have your notebook and your Bible and your pen and you're taking notes. Alrighty, well, I think I'm going to add Miss Tammy in, so if you guys want to Give her a warm welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, everybody. We're happy to have you this morning. Thank you. So, yeah, whatever's on your heart, we'd love to Yeah, I'm really honored to be asked. Sometimes I feel like, why would they want to hear from an old person? But I love all you guys so much. You're so special to us. Um, I'm so proud when I I see what all of you are doing, and I, I watch your comments, and I see your Instagram posts of you being in the Word and just all the encouragement you give to one another and others and just your heart for the world and to reach people. It's just, it's, I know you guys don't understand this, but because I've been around long enough and because I've been to a lot of other churches, I know how unique and rare that is. It's just very unusual to find um, teenage and young adult women and young men that are just so passionate about Jesus and so determined to reach out. It's uh, you know, we're seeing so many churches right now that they're struggling because they didn't have that foundation. So now that they're forced to go online, they can't play games with them. They can't entertain them. They can't do things that would normally draw them in. And because you guys already have that foundation that you just want Jesus and anything extra that happens is just the icing on the cake. And it's a blessing to you. But if you don't have that, you're fine with just being together, even online and just pursuing the Lord. And so it's truly a gift to our church and we know that. And so we don't take it for granted and we're just really blessed by all of you. And we really love all of you so very much. So it it really is an honor for me to be able to talk to you today. And I had um, a totally different topic topic in mind. I had some thoughts that had come to me the last couple of weeks. And um, yesterday I just felt like the Lord was steering me in another direction. And I kept questioning him and wrestling with it because I just didn't really understand why I needed to go this direction. And it feels like almost an odd topic to share, but I'm going to go there because I just feel like it's what the Lord put on my heart. And so what I want to talk to you about is family flaws. Um, I had a conversation with my mom a couple of days ago, a long conversation and a very honest conversation. And we talked about um, just some of the things that have become a part and become ingrained in our whole family, our extended family from generation to generation, starting with her grandma to my grandma to her to me. And and then even some of the things have been passed on down to my sons. And the reason they get passed down is because somewhere along the line, nobody notices that it's there. And so it just continues to be perpetuated. And so Mm -hmm. this is something I wish I would have understood when I was younger. I wish I would have been more tuned in. And so I'm hoping that by talking about it today, Maybe it's something that you'll take to heart and the Lord will be able to expose for you so that it doesn't get passed down for another generation. And one of the things I talked about with my mom was 
something called perfectionism. <laughs> it's something that has been in my family line for generations. Um, and when I was young, I didn't see it for what it was. I just thought, well, it's all I knew. You know, mm -hmm. when I was a baby, my mom, I'd take a nap. My mom would bleach my shoelaces because everything had to be perfect and pristine and clean and everything had to be perfectly pressed. So when I became a mom, okay, this is how it's supposed to be done. And so I did the same kind of things. I polished the shoes every Saturday night and I ironed and I, I just tried to create this perfect scenario. And what I have come to realize now that I'm older is yes, it's great to seek excellence. It's great to pursue your best for the Lord in all the things that you do. Cause the word says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, do it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. But when we go overboard with that, what it does is it creates a false sense of pride because we pride ourselves in things that we shouldn't. And it, uh, it creates an anxiety for us because we have this now this standard and this expectation that we've created for ourselves that we oftentimes can't meet. And so it makes us anxious and it makes us so aware of what other people are going to think because now we've created the standard that they expect from us. Um, but it also causes us to have a critical spirit because we look around us and we see all the flaws and we see the glass half full. Yeah. So that was one of the things we talked about that is a flaw for sure in my family line that I've really only realized probably in the last, really seen it for what it is in the last 10, 15 years or so. And so I wish I had seen it and understood it when I was in my teens and twenties, because maybe I could have, um, changed all that so that I would be a different person as I became a mom. And then my kids wouldn't have seen the things that they saw in me. Um, we inherit traits from our parents, like it or not, all of us do. And every person has some bad traits. So that's why it's so important for us to be able to look within and see in ourselves and even evaluate our families. And now I'm not telling you to go, you know, pick apart your parents. I'm not saying go and start, you know, analyzing every little thing they do and then bring it to their attention. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, let's be aware of the flaws in our families, but let's keep it to ourselves and let it drive us to seek the Lord more so that he can change that in us and we can put an end to those things that we tend to pass on from generation to generation. Some of the things are outright sin and some of them are just character flaws that become sin. And if we can catch them now before they come sin, how beautiful for us to be able to change the course and direction of our future families. And you will have families someday. So this is important. <laughs> yes. And some of the other flaws that are definitely in my family, but probably in a lot of families are things like failing to communicate, um, an unwillingness to accept blame, refusal to apologize. I, I can tell you, I have family members that I've never once in my whole life heard them apologize. They've never acknowledged that they did anything wrong. Um, a lack of affirmation. I didn't grow up with that. My family just didn't understand to affirm somebody and say, hey, I'm, I'm so proud of you for giving it your best or for working so hard, or I didn't have that. So I tend not to need it because I didn't have it, but I also tend not to give it because I didn't get it. And that's not mm -hmm. an excuse. It's not good. But it's just something that was a flaw in my family. And that, can, that can even really affect your marriage because yes, very much so. I've seen two people get married before who maybe they both need that words of affirmation, but they're not mm -hmm. natural to give it, and so they're both kind of starving each other of that love. And yeah, it's been a real difficult. It's been made made difficult for us because Pastor had that growing up. His his mom's very affirming, and because 
I don't. It's just been really hard for him. And mm-hmm. I try, but I'm still really bad at it. I'd have to be honest. That's why I wish I'd learned younger. Uh, maybe I'd be better at it at this point. But it's just something that I don't naturally think about. So I have to really work to even think to do it, which is terrible. Yeah. But um, some other things are like dependence on substances. I have people in my family that are they're alcoholics. They're they're on drugs. Um, unfaithfulness. There's adultery in my family, and there's a lot of dishonesty. And of course, um, unfaithfulness breeds dishonesty because it's the only way you can keep going in that lifestyle. But also uh, an unsubmissiveness. A lot. Most of the women in my family did not understand how to submit to a man, and it didn't go well. It created. I think that's why there's been a lot of divorce in my family because the women didn't learn to submit to their husbands. So those are just some things, just some examples of flaws that can be in a family that you don't want to perpetuate to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And like I said, every family has them. And if we ignore them, then they crop up in the next generation. I think about how uh, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments up on the mountain, one of the things he said is that he didn't want them to worship any other God but him. He didn't want them bowing down to idols. And then what he said after that is that I, the Lord, in Exodus 25, he says, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. So what he's saying is, if you're going to disobey me and reject me, then what you have done is going to be passed on. The family flaws are going to be passed on again, even to the third and fourth generation down. Mm -hmm. Not because he wants it that way, not because he does it, but that's just what we do by the fact that we continue to reject him and we don't let him pinpoint those family flaws so it can change. But then he says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. So what's so cool is God takes our family flaws and he changes them to generational gems. He says, if you love me and obey me, then I'm going to take your family flaws and not just for, to the third or fourth generation, but for thousands of generations, yeah. for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. If you keep loving and obeying me generation to generation, your family flaws will become generational gems. And that's what I want for my family. And I, I believe that's what all of you would want, too. I've seen a lot of instances where grandma got pregnant out of wedlock. And then her daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. And then her daughter daughter got pregnant out of wedlock. And I just stand back and go, wow, why does that keep happening? Mm-hmm. Because nobody recognized there was a, something, there was some flaw in the family and stopped, stopped it and said, no more, no more. We're going to obey and, and cling to God's unconditional love so that he can perpetuate, you know, that in the next generation and change those family flaws to generational gems. Um, so it makes me think of a diamond. So do you have your... Can you pull your ring off? Yeah. Or you don't have to pull it off even. Just put it up close so they can see the stone. You know, every girl wants a diamond at some point in their lives. There's just something about the preciousness of that stone and what it represents that we all desire that in, at some point. And the diamond is so special because it's it's a pure stone. There's only one element in it. It's not a whole bunch of things mixed together. It's just carbon that's been um, compressed and gone through pressure. So it's it's a very pure stone, but it's also very rare because diamonds come from volcanic eruptions and most diamonds don't make it through the process and make it through the journey to actually get out of the volcano where they can be harvested. Yeah. So they're really actually quite rare. 
And it's also the clarity of the stone. Like, it's just so beautiful to be able to look at a diamond and see that clarity and just the, the clear reflection of light that it brings. But it's also the strongest mineral. It's the hardest mineral that you find that's known to man. Um, and so it's just such a representation of who we can become in the Lord. So, you know, when we first find a diamond and they, before it's, before it's ever gone through the process that it goes through before it gets to us, it's just a misshapen, you know, hunk of something, you know, it's dirty, it's usually flawed. And we would refer to it as a diamond in the rough. It's still in its rough state. It hasn't been, um, gone, it hasn't been refined and made into a uh, something that we would ch- cherish necessarily. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think of the Aladdin movie where it referred to him as the diamond in the rough. It's that person that they have potential and there's just so much there that there's a, there's just all these wonderful qualities, but they're still in that rough state. They haven't gone through the process necessary to become that diamond. That's so useful to God. Um, it's everything's still hidden and it needs those final touches and so there was just some things that I thought about that uh, the process that a diamond goes through um, because every diamond normally has flaws, but we take it's taken through a process so that it's something that we can cherish and own for ourselves. And so one of the things they do is they put the diamond under the microscope and they pinpoint the flaws because the flaws are very important. It's, it's one of the things that determines the value of the diamond. And so I think in the season that we're in, being on lockdown, what an incredible opportunity we have for self-introspection to be able to just be put under the microscope and just to allow the Lord to pinpoint the flaws in us, for us to be able to see where are those places that it um, hinders our value in Him. It doesn't hinder our value to Him. We will always be valuable to Him, but it hinders our value for Him. Our flaws definitely hinder us in being valuable for His service. So don't get that wrong. It, our value in him and to him never changes. We are always the same. But our valuable for his, our, our value for his service can be hindered by our flaws. Oh, yeah. So we have this opportunity right now to be put under the microscope. You see, to the naked eye, when you look at a diamond, it looks perfect to us. But someone who's an expert in their field can look in the, under the microscope and see all kinds of dark spots and lines and cracks and things that we just wouldn't see judging from the surface. Mm-hmm. So the second thing is to assign the proper value and appreciate the overall beauty. Sometimes some of our personalities can get fixated on the flaws and then we miss the overall beauty of the picture mm-hmm. that God's creating. Um, and to assign the proper value, like I said, um, to recognize who we are and the value that we have in the Lord, but also to be honest about the places that it's, It's stealing from our value because we're allowing the flaws to remain. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to appreciate what God's doing and and, um, to let him just continue that process. You know, it it takes the hand of an expert to take a diamond from its rough state to its place of real beauty and it's, it's best, it's, it's best position. So let the expert, you know, come in and, and assign the proper value and help us to appreciate the beauty of what he's doing. Then thirdly, to submit to the cutting and the polishing. This is the hardest because mm-hmm. it's the cutting of the stone that creates all the different facets. You know, when the, when the stone is unearthed initially, it's got a lot of jagged edges and it's probably 
more of a square and more flat. But when they cut mm -hmm. the stone and they cut all those different sides on it, it's what creates all the facets that cause the light to just reflect on it and make it so incredible to look at. And so that's what we need the Lord to do sometimes. We need him just to come in and just um, cut all the different facets and polish us up so that we reflect the light the best that we possibly can. That's painful sometimes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I would say this is one of those seasons where we're going through that right now, and it's really difficult. But I'm starting to see all the beauty of the reflection of light that's coming out of it. I don't know if you got you guys are, but this time being confined and being forced to just be alone, be isolated, have a lot of alone time, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of think time, a lot of time in his presence, hopefully. And even just time with your family, it, it forces you to see things you wouldn't normally see when you're just running on your fast-paced schedule and doing the things that we normally would. So I think the Lord is better able to take us through that process right now. Mm -hmm. But then um, lastly, choose a setting to enhance it. When you got a really pretty diamond, if you don't have a, a setting that just really enhances it and makes it um, that much more beautiful to look at, it's kind of pointless. I mean, if you got just a, a diamond sitting in your hand, it's it's not as useful mm -hmm. as when you have this beautiful ring setting or this necklace setting that you can wear it and um, allow others to see it. So choosing the right setting to enhance it. And then something that's really important when you get a diamond is to check the prongs. The prongs have to be very sturdy and they have mm -hmm. to be very secure so you don't lose it. So it doesn't become um, subject to damage. And so the right environment, a secure environment, a place where you are hedged in and you're protected and where the Lord can just keep you in that place where you have, you can display the brilliance of who he is the very best that you can is super important. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is that, you know, it, we might look brilliant to the naked eye, but God has us under the microscope and he sees the flaws that's being revealed. Our value is in the designer and the maker. We need to understand that. And the proper cut and polish is what reflects the light of Jesus perfectly. So staying in a setting like we are now, staying surrounded by the right people helps to protect us and make us secure. And it, it enhances the beauty. Even, even though we're flawed, that beauty is being cultivated. And I think of Philippians 1, 6, and Pastor Dave may have shared this in one of his messages. I can't remember. It's, it's a popular verse, but mm -hmm. it says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And I just believe as we submit to him, he's working on those family flaws to make them generational gems so that our future generations will be that much more beautiful and brilliant before the world, like diamonds that have gone from the rough to a state of just being displayed so incredibly. And then in Matthew or Malachi 3.17, the prophet said that God said, they shall be mine on the day that I make them my jewels. And the Lord is in the process. He's always working to make us his jewels. And so I just want to encourage you girls today that, um, don't be obsessed. See the big picture and appreciate the overall beauty of what God is doing and who you are. But don't turn a blind eye to the flaws because there are flaws in all of us and we can't help it. We grow up in families that are human, that are flawed and that are frail. So let's be aware of those things and let's um, just allow the Lord to reveal to us how we can become better and how we can um, 
create a different scenario for the next generation. I, for one, see all the things that I've passed on to my kids, and I hate it. But I'm so thankful that they they see it at a younger age than I did. And they're changing it so that now my grandkids probably won't see the things that my kids saw. And I pray that Zealand and Manna, if the Lord doesn't come back and they get to be parents, that their kids will see an even better version. Yeah. That every generation will be a better version. So that's just my prayer for you. I just pray the Lord will open your eyes to things that I didn't see until I was much older, because I want you guys to have that opportunity to just be even more beautiful than you are now. I see in, even in the boys, like how, yes, the perfectionism and stuff can be a flaw at times, but then there's also times when that can be that gem and they're like striving for excellence and they, Mm -hmm. they want that. And so it's cool that they're sensitive to the flawed side of things. And obviously they're not perfect at it, um, but they really do want to use that as a trait that can honor the Lord. So how, what are like maybe some practical ways it might be hard to kind of pinpoint things, but you said it took you a long time to really see it as a flaw. Like how can they start to look inward now and Mm -hmm. maybe be like, Oh yeah, I should maybe let the Lord refine that or go through that process now. Obviously the word, um, is one of the best ways because when we read the word, it, as the Lord opens our eyes to things, it helps us to, to reflect on who we are. But also another really great way, and this is probably one of the places that I failed in it, um, is to open yourself to up to other people, especially the people that know you best, mm-hmm. people that are godly, that you trust, but that also know you really well, people that you know can speak into your life truthfully, but still love you through it, that you're not going to feel like they're they're pouncing on you or condemning you, but you know, they'll be honest with you about it, but yet they'll do it in a loving way and they'll still love you through it, even though they see the truth. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the best ways because if, if you can open yourself up and be vulnerable and say to your best friend who has such a strong relationship with Jesus, Hey, what do you see in me? Like, do you see something that I'm not seeing that maybe I need to change mm-hmm. and then listen to them and do something about it? Um, my husband tried to tell me years and years and years ago, you're so negative, but because I was in an environment that was negative, because that's how my family was. That's just who they were. It's all I had known. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. So I didn't see it. And so my response would be, no, I'm not because I didn't see it. But once we came to Emily city and I wasn't around that environment, I was in a different setting. Now, all of a sudden I, I would talk to them on the phone and realize, oh my goodness, wow, they're so negative. Yeah. And my eyes were open to it. So listen, I didn't, I didn't listen because I thought if I don't see it, it's not true. Yeah. But it was true. And I should have I listened. That's so important. Even in, um, I know there's a lot of young ladies on here, but when you're looking to finding your future spouse and like looking for character in them of, having someone who you trust to speak to you in gentleness, but also with truth, because if you have constantly have someone who's like um, taking the other person or if you're venting about someone or something and they're always siding with you and they're not sharpening you or pointing out, well, maybe you were wrong in this way. um, Then I don't think your marriage just really has the ability to thrive and you don't have the ability to grow. And I know there's so many times when, um, Pastor Dave, I'll be talking to him or maybe venting about something that I'm struggling through or whatever. And he'll be like, well, did you think about this? Because from a distance, I can see this flaw in you. And maybe this is how you should 
shape yourself up and then vice versa if he's talking to me then I have the opportunity to be like well you know I see their side from this angle so I think we need to be conscious of that when we're looking to our future mate or you know having girlfriends in our life you don't always want someone who's just gonna fuel your fire and um that's so good that's so jump on the bandwagon with you but they're gonna speak truth and love and help you to see the other perspective. Yes, that's super important. I couldn't agree more with that because I see that in you guys. And I'm so thankful that for that. In fact, Pastor and I talk all the time and we say, we're so glad that Sydney speaks up and, and tells Pastor Dave the truth because we knew he needed that, you know, and it's really neat that the Lord knew that he needed that. And he put just the right person in his life that would encourage him and love him and pray over him, but also tell him the truth and help him to be able to see those things. Um, I, that's well, probably I've had balance, definitely. <laughs> There's times when I can maybe be opinionated and I have to realize, okay, I need to share my opinion. So I've had to learn. That's probably that. one of the things that I learned too, too late. Um, as a young woman, I was kind of shy and quiet. So I, I didn't, I wasn't one to speak up. And I was probably afraid to, so I didn't. A lot of times there were probably things that I should have um, drawn attention to or confronted gently, and I didn't. I just kind of let it go because I didn't know how to do that. I didn't grow up in a household that did that, so I honestly didn't know how to do it, and I didn't do it well. And so because I didn't do it at all, when I finally learned to do it, it was difficult because I hadn't made a habit of it from the beginning. So it is something that's really important. You know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. That means that we're supposed to sharpen one another. And when you sharpen iron and you're rubbing two pieces of metal together to sharpen it, there's a lot of sparks and there's friction. And it's 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 kind of a volatile looking situation yeah. as that's happening. Um, so it's not something that's painless by any means. But it's so important because the end result is that you're sharper. And you're, mm-hmm. you're in a better place to do what God's called you to do. So, yeah, that's absolutely so helpful. Shaping that rough diamond even, you know. And yep. something I've learned that from you because I don't think it would have been my natural instinct to maybe call out certain things in him or, um, you know, help be that, I don't know, that one who sharpens him or him sharpen me. I don't know that I would have voiced certain things if it hadn't been you coaching me along the way and saying like, Hey, don't be afraid to say like what you see in him or to help shape him in that, in that way. You know, and I'm trying not to make it sound like well, I was hoping you had learned from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think what you said too about, um, because, you know, in our lives, we always have struggles with other people. There's going to be situations that are frustrating and upsetting to us. Um, and so I think that is really important that when, your friend or your spouse or someone who's close to you comes to you and starts venting about something that they're bothered about to make them see the other side of it instead of just taking their side and, you know, patting them on the back. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. You know, they should have, they shouldn't have done that to you to just kind of show some tough love, I guess, and make them see the other side of things so that you're not coddling them because it's not helpful. Mm -hmm. I do. I see that you do that. And that's, that is one thing that I did learn to do because I had to, because we worked for my father and mother-in-law, um, I had to kind of be the mediator between the two because there were times that my father-in-law and my husband 
would get into it and they didn't get along and they didn't see eye to eye with how ministry should go or some aspect of the church life. And mm-hmm. so I had to figure out how to be that mediator. And so that meant that I had to not take a side. And that yeah. was that's not easy when you love someone so very much. But it was really the best thing I could have done because had I taken a side, I would have separated them even more. And I needed to keep them. I had to be the bridge between them to keep them working in unity. So Yeah. And I'm sure there were times when you felt maybe one of them was right over the other, but oh, yeah. just keeping that. Yeah. But there's always two sides to every story. If you really listen and look, there's always two sides. And so there's no one right person usually in most situations. Yeah. I think as we are growing up too, that when we see flaws in our family, it's really easy for us as women or young ladies to be like, I'm never going to be like that. Or we see something maybe in our mother or father or their marriage. And we're like, oh, that's not going to be me. And then... 10 years down the road, the same thing is coming up because it's just in our nature and we want, we want to fight it and we want to say, Oh, my marriage isn't going to be like that. Or I'm not going to complain like she does or do this like he does. And it's just how we've been brought up. It's like rubbed us certain ways and it's become a part of who we are. And so I think rather than choosing to be, I can't think of the word, I guess maybe ignorant about it and just say that, that's never going to happen to me. It may be just being aware of the flaw and trying to find ways to combat that Mm -hmm. from a young age, rather than just turning your cheek and being like, Nope, I just have my mind made up that I'm not going to be like that. And being aware that this, this flaw might come up. So how can I have these red flags that signal that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. And I actually meant to bring that up because it's really, really common for, most of us, you know, growing up, we see things in our families and in our parents that we go, I'm never going to be like that. But inevitably, those very things will crop up in our in our personalities and as we live out our lives, because we don't realize they're there. And that's the reason that I even brought this up today is because it does happen. And so it's just something that it, if at a young age, you can start to be aware of it and be on the lookout for it and put people around you that can help you to see it, you just have a much better chance of truly being able to put an end to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's pretty common. Um, you know, you can't, you can't live around somebody 24 seven for years and years and years and not, you know, have it rub off on you. But, yeah. 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 I love that you brought up too earlier. Maybe you can re-say how you just said, um, that the Lord, um, he always values us the same or that just that key thought of like, he sees value in us, but our value for him is what can we have the power over how we're right. yeah our value in his eyes or mm-hmm. to him before him it never changes we 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 are consistently valuable to him but our valuable our value for him like as an extension of him and our service to him that can be hindered by the flaws in us so that's mm-hmm. where we want to address the flaws so that our value for him, as we reach out to other people, is more effective. But our value in his eyes and to him never changes. Yeah. And we even talked about that in earlier tea times of just like knowing who I am and knowing, not defining yourself by the flaws and saying, oh, I'm this and the Lord must see me that way or I have no value to him, but clinging to truth still and saying, no, I am a daughter of God. I am a woman mm-hmm. of truth and speaking that over our lives, but allowing like, 
Jesus to be made perfect in our weakness too. And knowing that we do have weaknesses and we do need to be shaped and we're on a constant journey with him. We're never like arriving at this place of perfection. Um, but the Lord loves us when we're that diamond in the rough and we're, when we're in this mess and we feel like, Lord, I have nothing to present to you besides this heap of dirty diamond that no one wants. It's not in a setting. It's not, it doesn't look pretty, but the Lord still wants us in those moments. And then he takes us from that rough place and he starts to chip away and clean things up and place us around people um, who are going to help bring out those beautiful things that are deep within us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like when a, a jeweler puts the diamond under the microscope and they, they do that so that they can um, look at all the flaws and assign a value to it. They can assess it. Mm -hmm. um, when you guys, when you got your ring, I took it for you to the jeweler and they, they put it under the microscope and they determined how much it was worth based on mm -hmm. what they could see. So the, the value that we have, the, the assigned value is always there because we're a diamond. We're God's mm -hmm. diamond in his hand that he's shaping and creating something incredible. But the flaws can detract from some of the value over time if we allow that to remain. So on one hand, we're always going to be valuable because we're a diamond. Whether we're still in the rough state, we're still a diamond. We're still rare. Mm -hmm. We're still pure. But the flaws, if we if we allow them to remain, they, they steal some of the value. So in, in the sense of how we can be used for God. So mm -hmm. it's just, that's why it's so important for us to take a good look and assign the proper value. Be honest, be, be honest with yourself about the fact that I'm valuable because I belong to Jesus and I'm a diamond. Mm -hmm. yeah. But also be honest about the fact that I got some flaws that I've inherited or I've allowed in my life that they're not helpful to the value. So I want to take care of that. Yeah. And I encourage you girls to like find someone who can be that accountability for you. If it's me or Janelle or Miss Tammy or just a strong girl in your life who is going to speak truth to you and call out things and, and be real with you, but gentle and loving with you, but also say, hey, these are some things that I see in you that um, you could really like grow in. And it's out of love because we want to see you by the time you get to the place of life that we're in that you're already a step ahead of us. So I think that's really important sure. to bring the right people around you. For sure. And and over during the different seasons of life, new things crop up, things change, you know? Like I have I have women in the church that they stay accountable to me because they know they have a vulnerability to seek the attention of men outside their marriage. So like if they're you know being in contact with someone at a sporting event or whatever on a regular basis, and they know that they're vulnerable to that, they check in with me. Hey, yeah. I'm kind of being, being tugged in this direction. Can you just be praying about that? So because they're talking to me about it, it, it helps them to stay away from that, that thing that they know is a flaw in them because they're being mm -hmm. honest with me and they're, they know that we're checking in together. So that's just really important. Yeah. Well, I'm so thankful for everything that you've shared this morning. I don't know. Thank I know you. we have a little bit of time, but um, I just thought it'd be awesome if you pray over the girls and okay. then girls, hopefully you took some notes because wow, that word, that whole illustration, I'm just like, I'm going to go back and watch it so that I can take my own notes. But you're always so nervous that you're not going to have anything relatable well, to them. Like and I said, I had a whole different thought process going, but I just felt no, like it was exactly the same. I guess maybe because this is what I'm living right now. I'm feeling like 
the Lord's just pinpointing those things. And even for me, just to have that conversation with my mom was really unusual and it wasn't easy, but I knew that we needed to talk about it. Um, and I just, I just truly want the future generations in my family to be better than what I've been. I want them to learn from my mistakes. And so I just pray that the, the girls in our church will be wiser than I was at their age because the Lord can do so much more when we're wise at a younger age. The, the Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before you, you get old and you can't do the things that you can do when you're younger. Yeah. So I just pray that you pinpoint the flaws now so that the beauty of who of the reflection of uh, the light of Jesus over that precious diamond that you're becoming more and more beautiful, um, that it'll just yes. be that much more useful. That mm-hmm. that when you go out into public, people will just be in awe of the light of Jesus on your life because there's such a beautiful reflection because you've allowed him to take you through that process. And, and I know that can happen. And that's what the world needs right now. There's so much ugliness in the world right now. And they need to see the beauty of who Jesus is. And so as you become that, it's, um, it's going to, it's going to change the world. It will change. Well, I love that you're speaking from a place that you're currently going through too, because I think we all are, we all, we, we need to use this time, um, especially when we're stuck in in, at home and those flaws are coming out to really just look inward and be like, Lord, examine my heart. Like, find every wicked way that is within me and make it clean. Like point those flaws out to me so that I can grow and be who you want me to be and be valuable for your kingdom. So for sure, you guys have so many years ahead of you and I just want you to make the best use of them. If the Lord doesn't come back, I mean, the way things are looking, it could be pretty soon, but if it doesn't, you guys have way more years to invest than I do. And I just want to see you do it well. Yeah. Why don't you pray over us? Okay. Jesus, I just thank you for the privilege that I've had this morning just to share my heart with these beautiful young women that you have planted in our church and given us such an incredible opportunity to watch them grow. I thank you for the love and the encouragement that they show even to us, Lord, not just to to their pastors, Pastor Dave and Sydney, but to even us as the lead pastors, Lord, that they are so gracious and so kind and so encouraging. And I just thank you, Lord, for um, all the potential that I see in them. God, I thank you for the beauty that I see in them, that you have assigned to each one of them because they have embraced you as Savior, because they have said, yes, Jesus, I want to live the life that you have mapped out for me. And so, Lord, I pray that as you've been revealing to me that there are flaws in each of us because of how we've grown up. We just grow up in families that are flawed. And so we can't help that. But Lord, you want us to see those things and to pinpoint Mm -hmm. them, to, to get under the microscope of your word and fellow believers who can see those things in us and help, help you reveal it to us so that we can submit it to you, Lord, and let you change it. So I just pray that you'll help each of them to surrender to the process, that you'll help them to see the flaws, that you will Help them to submit to the cutting and the polishing, that you will remind them, Lord, that they are innately valuable, that that will never change, that they are valuable, 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 because Jesus died for them. And Lord, you are the designer and the maker of that precious diamond that they are. So Mm -hmm. Lord, let them never forget that, but help them also to be honest enough to say, Lord, there's some flaws that take away from that value when I'm 
put on display before the world. And I want them to see the best version of you that they can. Mm -hmm. So Lord, would you work in me? I just pray for each of them, Lord, that they'll submit to the process. And then Lord, that they will surround themselves and be in the right setting, a setting that will be the best display of that precious diamond. Mm -hmm. One that will create security around them and will keep them from falling out. Lord, would you just do a work in each of them today? And Lord, would you just bless them in this season that's so hard as we're separated? It can be discouraging. It can really play on our emotions and it can become boring at times. And just the lack of interaction and the lack of physical touch, Lord, it's really hard on all of us. You know that. But we're submitting to this process right now because we know that the end result is going to be a whole lot of beautiful diamonds that Mm-hmm. have incredible facets that reflect the light of your glory and your presence. So Lord, just work in each of our lives. Bless each of these young women. And Lord, may they grow older if you don't come to become beautiful reflections of who you are, raising up future generations that are nearly perfect because they pinpointed the flaws and dealt with them. I just thank you for them. And I pray God that today will be an incredible day in your presence and with their families interacting with one another online or whatever they do, mm-hmm. that your presence will be with them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for, for letting me share. Oh, my goodness. You, yeah. you should share every week. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Um, we're so thankful for you. Awesome job. Oh, I love hearing you. You're a great leader for them, Sydney Ray. You're, you do well, an awesome you. job. I'm so thankful. I have great people above me. So... Um, you're, doing all, you're doing so many things I wish I had done. I'm super proud of you. Hmm. I, I learned from you. I feel like I have so much to grow in because I see your example and the way that you're leading the women in the church and it just blows me away. And you, you handle everything with grace. Like you, you always have <laughs> no, so much, but you take time. You are so affirming. And you said that's something that you struggle in. Like, as a natural way to love people. And I feel so affirmed by you all the time. I'm so I supported. So. And I so, hope so. Well, I had a mother-in-law that did that for me too. And she still does. So hopefully I'm learning something. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. So I love fun. all you girls. You're super special. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for joining in. Yeah, make sure that you tune in <laughs> to WAO Youth tomorrow. You can go to We Are One. Um, youth on youtube.com and we have our online service at 6 30 tomorrow pastor dave's gonna be bringing a great word and we're excited amazing he's just been on fire man he's so pumped like i'm the only one in the room and he's still (laughs) preaching passionately so it's so awesome to see our pastors um just bringing forth a word with such anointing when they're all alone i mean it's such evidence of what god's doing because normally it's a crowd that brings that out of a person and so to see the lord just blowing through them with such power and such fire is just such evidence of that that's the lord that's doing it it's yeah. really awesome he's stirring up something in his church yeah. right now that you know is only going to propel us forward when we can yeah. all be together again yeah well Gosh. if nothing else we're all learning new create appreciation for one another and for the fact that we were allowed to come together we, yeah. it's easy to take that for granted. Many times I've said, wow, Lord, thank you that we can come to church because I know so many other nations are hiding underground and they're gathering in homes secretly. And I would say that, but in my heart, I didn't really realize yeah. what a privilege it was. So I'm you don't just, fully understand that until now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, 
I love you and I love you girls. Catch us next week at the same time, same place for tea time. I'd love if you even took a picture of your notes today or maybe what's left of your tea and just post it on your story, tag darling. We'd love to share it and just see um, how you guys are taking in the words. Maybe you draw a picture from today's message and you're inspired in that way. Share it with us um, because we'd love to see. But love you girls and hope you have an awesome day. Love you all. Love you.